0: welcome back to the third season of two onk Docs. i am still sam and this is still kareen
1: and we are still two onk Docs. we are very excited to be back in 2024 after a little break for the holidays we hope that everyone had some time off to enjoy some holidays
0: with friends and family Exactly. Happy 2024, everyone. And this week's episode, we're going to be focusing on hairy cell leukemia. We're going to go over all the important details on the symptoms, diagnosis, and treatment of hairy cell leukemia. This is a short topic, but it is a testable topic for boards, especially they can give you a photo of the blood smear or bone marrow biopsy to prompt you to this diagnosis before they actually ask the question. So be sure you know what those hairy cells look like.
1: Absolutely. And so to start us off, what are some demographics
0: for hairy cell leukemia? So hairy cell leukemia is a rare, indolent B-cell leukemia with less than 1,000 new cases diagnosed a year in the U.S. It encompasses about 2% of all leukemias. The median age at diagnosis is about 50, and it occurs more commonly in males. And what are some signs and symptoms of hairy cell leukemia? Some signs and symptoms we need to be aware of, like all leukemias, fever, constitutional symptoms, infections, bleeding, fatigue, organomegaly, specifically splenomegaly, and labs will either show monocytopenia or pancytopenia. Yes, definitely remember the spleen is palpable in
1: most patients and 60 to 80% of patients will have pancytopenia. So if you're on heme consults or in the HEME clinic and you see a middle-aged man with splenomegaly and pancytopenia, make sure to have this on your differential. And so how do we diagnose
0: hairy cell leukemia? So like you mentioned, when we're on consults, the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna get that blood smear. And you can see hair-like cytoplasmic projections from the leukemia cells, hence the name, hairy cell leukemia. Google this before test day since they can prompt you in the vignette with a picture. Bone marrow biopsy will show fried egg appearance and can be hypercellular, or if it is hypocellular with fibrosis, it is very important to rule out hypocellular MDS or aplastic anemia. Dry taps are common in hairy cell leukemia. The leukemic cells stain positive brightly for CD20, the B lymphocyte marker, as well as they stain positive for CD11C, CD52, CD103, CD123, CD22, CD52, cyclin D1, Annexin A1, and they also stain brightly for CD200.
1: And then what is the genetic mutation seen in almost all hairy cell leukemia cases?
0: BRAF V600E mutation. You guys need to know this for hairy cell leukemia. There is though a rare hairy cell variant immunophenotype that is negative for BRAF V600E. They also are negative for CD25, CD123, and Annexin A1. This immunophenotype tends to not respond well to treatment.
1: Yes, definitely remember this v- BRAF V600E, which can be seen in a, in a variety of tumors, but definitely committed to memory when you're thinking about cell leukemia. And you may also remember from melanoma, very important to remember this one. And so how do we treat, or actually, can you tell me, do we treat all cases
0: at diagnosis? No, we do not. So watch and wait is recommended unless patients meet criteria for treatment. And that criteria includes systemic symptoms such as excessive fatigue or unexplained weight loss, which is defined as greater than 10% weight loss in six months, recurrent infections, symptomatic organomegaly, anemia, which is hemoglobin less than 11, thrombocytopenia, which is platelets less than 100,000, neutropenia, which is an ANC less than 1,000, progressive lymphocytosis, or lymphanopathy. And then if patients do meet criteria for treatment, what is the preferred treatment? Purine analogs. So cladribine, which can be given seven days continuous infusion, or one- to two-hour boluses IV daily for five days, or it can also be given subcutaneously daily for five to seven days, or even weekly for five to six weeks. You can add rituximab on to cladribine, and one pearl if you're gonna add on rituximab is to always check for the hepatitis B status prior to treatment because there is risk of reactivation during treatment. An alternative Frontline option with a purine analog is called pentastatin, which can be given IV every two weeks until max response, but this is a longer treatment course. These two have never been compared head to head, so both are fair game in the frontline setting. Yes, remember, most commonly, um, the preferred treatment
1: is cladribine because of that shorter length of treatment, followed by rituximab consolidation. And then, can you tell me if there are any infectious prophylaxis precautions we should be aware of with the treatment of hairy cell leukemia?
0: There are. So we talk about adding on acyclovir for herpes virus prophylaxis. We consider PJP prophylaxis with Bactrim or an equivalent antibiotic for three months and until the CD4 positive T cells is greater than 200. Think about broad spectrum antibiotics during neutropenic periods and hepatitis B prophylaxis and monitoring for those high-risk patients. And what are the outcomes of first-line treatment? They're really good. So, complete response is defined as near normalization of peripheral blood counts. So, that hemoglobin greater than 11, platelets greater than 100,000, and ANC greater than 1,500, when regression of organomegaly and absence of the hairy cell leukemia cells on the smear in the bone marrow. This complete response is seen in about 70 to 90% of cases with first line therapy. Relapse rates are about 30 to 40% at the one decade mark. And then, how do we treat relapse hairy cell leukemia? It really depends on the timing of the relapse. If the relapse occurs in greater than two years from the initial treatment, you can consider repeating therapy with the same purine analog with the addition of rituximab, or you can talk about an alternative purine analog with rituximab. If the relapse occurs in less than two years from the initial therapy, Consider a clinical trial targeting that BRAF mutation with debrafinib plus trimetinib or Vemurafenib with or without Rituximab. If there is progressive disease after relapse or refractory hairy cell leukemia, treatment options are a clinical trial, BRAF inhibition if that was not already used, Vemurafenib with or without Rituximab if not already used, or we can talk about Abrutinib, Xanurbrutinib, Venetoclax with or without Rituximab if resistance to the BRAF inhibition.
1: Absolutely. And so this was a short and sweet episode for our first episode of season three. And so what are our key takeaways?
0: Key takeaways for hairy cell leukemia is know about the BRAF V600E mutation, which is positive in almost all cases. Watch and wait is our standard treatment for asymptomatic patients. Treatment criteria is systemic symptoms such as fatigue or weight loss, recurrent infections, symptomatic organomegaly, anemia, which is hemoglobin less than 11, thrombocytopenia, which is platelets less than 100,000, neutropenia, which is ANC less than 1,000, or that progressive lymphocytosis or lymphadenopathy. Treatment in the frontline setting is purine analogs such as cladribine with or without rituximab or pentastatin. If these patients relapse and it's been greater than two years, you can repeat the initial therapy with rituximab. If relapse occurs within two years of the initial therapy, consider a clinical trial targeting that BRAF mutation with dabrafenib plus trametinib or vemurafenib with or without rituximab.
1: Absolutely. As always, thank you for listening. Let us know if there are any topics that you would like us to redo for 2024 or topics that we haven't yet done. And as always, please reach out to us on our Instagram or Twitter to Onkdocs docs with any questions, corrections or comments.